You're listening to an ILX podcast. Welcome back to our Product in 15 Minutes podcast series, in which we explore some of our most popular and most talked about products in greater detail. So Scrum, what is it? How does it work? And why might you benefit from learning about it? Well, this week, our Scrum lead trainer, Carl Pitts, is taking us through the ins and outs of the Scrum framework and how it fits under the umbrella of agile methodologies. We hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you're listening through our website, then we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, if you'd prefer to listen that way. And make sure you subscribe while you're there. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts in this series. And if you want to get in touch with us, all of our contact details will be at the end of the podcast. My name is Carl Pitts. I'm a trainer for ILX Group. I train Scrum, Prince 2, um, ITIL. And I've been asked to give you an overview of what Scrum is and what the benefits of using Scrum as a framework are for the delivery of projects. So let's start with the question of what is Scrum? Scrum is essentially a framework that it allows you to deliver products in an incremental basis. Unlike Prince 2, for example, that's a waterfall method where you have to define everything or as much as you can up front. Scrum allows you to deliver in iterations, which are called increments. So you could be potentially releasing a product every two weeks, um, which then gives you the ability to garner value, understand whether the product works, it's good, it's bad, make quick changes and guide the delivery in a much more realistic manner. So in essence, it's a structure that allows organizations to deliver complex products quickly and gain benefits quickly whilst growing creativity and delivering value. And that value is that you will see the product quicker. You can understand if the product is actually what you need. Um, Unlike the Prince 2 projects, as we've said, you don't necessarily need to know what the end product looks like. Scrum projects evolve based on the use of that product as you're delivering multiple iterations. So how does Scrum fit in with Agile? That's a question that quite often is misunderstood. Scrum is Agile in that it fits in the umbrella of the Agile manifesto. There are a number of frameworks that fit under there. So you've got Extreme Programming, Kanban, Lean, and Scrum is just one of them. Agile is essentially a manifesto and it's a set of guiding principles of which Scrum adheres to. Scrum was actually formed by two of the 12 founding members or signatories of the Agile Manifesto. Um, They are Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sutherland, and they wrote the Scrum Guide. They still own and maintain the Scrum Guide, and the last iteration of that document was in 2017. The original version was written around 2009. Okay, so the the other question that often comes around is, why is it actually called Scrum? Is Scrum um, an analogy like Prince 2 projects in controlled environments? No, it's not. Scrum comes from a paper that was written in 1986 for a Harvard review. And I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the two names of the two Japanese gentlemen that wrote it. But essentially, they said that the current methods of doing business were fundamentally flawed in that you didn't know what you were delivering. Um, And hence why most projects either failed, they were over time, over budget. And they said that In essence, you needed to have a more holistic approach to actually delivering projects. And they directly compared this to a game of rugby, where a team of men, or women, if it's women's rugby, go forward 
as a team and they can fit in multiple roles within that team and they go forward with the aim of getting to the end of the pitch and scoring a try. They said that projects should be run in the same way, where it's a holistic team with the same goal, the same skills, and they should all move forward together. And that's where the name Scrum came from. Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sutherland read this paper and it, it essentially lit a light in them that they were so impressed with that that they decided that that was the best way forward for it. That's how projects should be driven. Scrum is um, based on an empirical process control theory in that the empiricism asserts that knowledge comes from experience and making decisions based on what is known. So Scrum basically employs an iterative incremental approach to optimize predictability and control risk. And that's the whole process of breaking things down into smaller pieces, smaller components, and delivering a potentially releasable product at the end of every increment. So you know what is happening. That allows you to deliver what is known. And it removes some of the potential risk about having long projects where you only see a product at the end of that product. And then you find out that's not what we asked for. Scrum is built on three pillars. The pillars of transparency, inspection, and adaption. So transparency essentially is the aspects of the process that must be visible for all of those responsible for the project. So all of those responsible for the outcome. Um, For example, everybody must know what the definition of done is, what it actually looks like. And the definition is done is not the product must meet this. The product must, it's very clear, it's completely transparent and everybody completely understands what the definition of done is. There's a common language. Inspection is essentially Scrum using frequent inspections where they review the artifacts and the progress towards the achievement of the sprint goal, that achievement of a potentially releasable product. This can be the daily scrum, this can be a show and tells, okay? But this is essentially ongoing inspections of the products that are being created. Now, there's a concern here that you can have too many inspections. By having too many inspections, you're essentially slowing progress down of velocity. So it's a fine line between having just enough visibility and too much. So that will come with experience. And again, that's one of the things that we'll teach you on this actual course is what does inspection mean? How often should you be doing these inspections? And then adaption. So at the end of every sprint, we have the sprint review where you review the product. Then you have the sprint retrospective. What did we do well? What did we do badly? What can we learn from based on the product that we actually delivered? So we're constantly adapting, not just the products that we're delivering, but actually as a scrum team. So again, we're learning. We're learning from our mistakes. We're constantly moving forward. And this is the holistic approach to scrum. We're self-healing. When we make a mistake, we learn from that mistake and hopefully don't make it again. So the next question is who uses Scrum? And essentially anybody can use Scrum. Scrum's perfect for complex projects where there's some chaos associated with them. So software projects, for example. Scrum fits perfectly with software projects. Um, for example, if you're you've got an ongoing project where you're upgrading your corporate website you've got a highly reactive organization it's based on business need it's based on market trends scrum as a framework is absolutely perfect for that in the fact that you can essentially have products that can be released into that website every two weeks every three weeks every four weeks dependent upon the length of the increment or the sprint some projects just do not fit for scrum 
for example, if you're in a highly regulated environment or you're in construction, you couldn't build a shopping mall with Scrum. It just wouldn't work. If you're in an FDA-regulated environment, for example, in a medical environment, you couldn't use Scrum. It's so highly regulated that, for example, if you lose one piece of paperwork, you're going to get fined. Scrum wouldn't fit in that environment because you have so much regulation around what you're actually doing. Scrum's been adopted by some of the um, some of the biggest organizations around software in the world. Google, for example, adopted uh, Scrum. And just to put it into perspective, their first release for Scrum was actually Google.com. There's another company out there. They release a Facebook game called Monsters. They use Scrum to be able to release updates to that game every two weeks. Whilst they openly say it's enforced a massive amount of discipline on them as an organization, the rewards that they've gained from that, the company has grown fourfold in less than a year just because of that ability to release constant iterations and updates to the game based on custom feedback with the comments that they've seen in the Facebook profiles. So what is Scrum as a framework? As we've said, it's it's underwritten by the Scrum Guide, which was written by Ken and Jeff, and the latest iteration was last year. Scrum gives you a set of roles, a set of artifacts, and a set of events, and a set of rules about how they interact with each other. So the roles within Scrum, very simple. There are three roles. You have the Scrum Master, the Product Owner, and the Development Team. And the Development Team is recommended between no more than three or seven people. So the size of your team... Well, should not be more than nine people. Then we have the actual steps or events within Scrum. So we'll have the sprint, the daily Scrum, the sprint review, and the sprint retrospective. So the sprint itself is at the very heart of Scrum. This is where the actual products are going to be made. This is the iteration that will be either two to four weeks, and the sprint is owned by the development team. Then you've got the daily Scrum. Again, owned by the development team and this is predominantly based on understanding what have I done what has happened in the last 24 hours what will happen in the next 24 hours and it allows the team to basically engage more build that cohesive nature and engage in terms of building that team spirit one of the big things about scrum is that it is all based around that team the next one is the sprint review which is where the team will demonstrate the potentially releasable product or products that they've created during that sprint to the product owner and the rest of the scrum team then we have the sprint retrospective which is after the sprint has been completed and at that point it's essentially looking back at the sprint and what we did well what we did badly as a team how can we improve and it's also looking at the actual product that we did what of the product went well is there anything about that product that we can potentially improve and that should then go back into the product backlog where the product owner will review it and it may be included in the next sprint but that's just one iteration the minute that sprint's finished they'll start looking at the next sprint the minute that sprint's finished they'll start looking at the next sprint so that cycle goes on and on and on and one of the things with sprint is that the product backlog may never be completed because it evolves as you know more about the product and again that's one of the fundamental differences between scrum and a waterfall project with a waterfall project when it's finished when it's delivered the project is done with scrum you're constantly learning you're constantly evolving that product so the the project could keep going potentially indefinitely the final part of that is obviously we've got the events 
we've got the roles and then we've got the scrum artifacts and within the artifacts we've got the product backlog we've got the sprint backlog and then we've got the increment the product backlog is essentially the ordered list or the list of everything that needs to be delivered by the product or the scrum team it's owned by the product owner and the product owner is the only person who can make changes add or remove things from that the product backlog is essentially then used with the scrum team to actually then say what are we going to deliver in the sprint what products can we deliver in the sprint this sprint is going to be two weeks three weeks four weeks long what products can we then transition from the product backlog to the sprint backlog and define to be delivered the sprint backlog is essentially what is going to be delivered during that sprint and that information or those products are taken from the product backlog the sprint backlog is used by the scrum team they own the sprint backlog and they will take that information and use it to forecast the development work they'll take those individual items and they'll turn them into user stories so they can define to the next level what's in there and what actually needs to be delivered so why would somebody take the scrum course why would you actually become scrum certified well that comes down to basically the same question of why would you become prince 2 certified why would you take msp why would you do prince 2 agile those reasons that justification is down to yourself or you as an individual however my recommendation is that it gives you that piece of paper the certificate the course that sets you above anybody else. Anybody can say that they they know Scrum. Anybody can say that they know how to run a project. They've read the Prince 2 manual, they've read the Scrum guidebook. However, attending the course, attending the training, gives you the knowledge, it gives you the ability to peer learn from other people. It shows that you've taken it seriously. It also, when you're on the course, you're gonna learn from people who have been potentially doing this for a long time, and they're gonna pass that knowledge on to you. We're gonna take you through exactly what it means to be a Scrum Master, because a Scrum Master, unlike a project manager, is a servant leader. In reality, what does that mean? It means that this team comes first. You are there to serve the team. You are there to make sure the team has everything that they need to allow them to actually deliver a product. So the scrum training, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to take you through what it actually means to be a scrum master, the servant leader, the fact that a servant leader is completely different from a project manager. Your role is to support the scrum team. Your role is to support the actual organization in their adoption of scrum so that they understand exactly what scrum is, the benefits of scrum, the values of scrum. The team, you're there to make sure that they have everything they need to allow them to actually deliver a potentially releasable product. You're there to make sure that any impediments that they identify are removed. So you're there as a servant of the team. You're not there to direct them. You do not own the team. You do not manage the team. You're also going to learn what some of the techniques of being a scrum master are, how to help planning, how to facilitate meetings, how to actually support the team whilst not overruling the team. And we're going to give you enough knowledge to hopefully, if you wish to take the certification at the end, take the actual exam and pass the exam. The exam itself is online. It's not a paper-based exam. You will get the ability to log on and take that exam at the end of the course. But that's done in your own time. So you can do it in the night of the course or you can do it two, three, four, five weeks after the course. That's up to you. So some of the myths that are around Scrum. One of the myths is Scrum doesn't have a project manager. Whilst there is no role of a project manager, that's not factually correct. The actual functions of the project manager have been dispersed across the Scrum team. So they all 
are involved in planning. They're all involved in managing the actual deliverables. They're all involved in risk, for example. So there is no single person with the title of project manager. However, the role and functions of the project manager are spread across the whole project team or the scrum team. There's the other myth that scrum doesn't do any planning. Again, completely untrue and unfounded. Scrum does planning, however, it's very short planning in that they're only planning for the increment that they are delivering against. So that increment could be as short as one week or as long as four weeks. So for anybody who does planning, the ability to plan something for up to four weeks is very simple, very clean, very concise, because you know exactly how long you've got. So that was a quick introduction into Scrum and the Scrum Master role from uh, myself, Carl Pitts, with ILX. I hope you enjoyed it. It was extremely enjoyable for me to do this recording. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if so, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check out our website. It's ilxgroup.com or you can follow us on social media if you like. We are ILX Group on Facebook, LinkedIn and Google Plus and at ILX Group on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can also send an email to contact us at ilxgroup.com or you can give us a call on 01270 if you're in the UK. UK, 1300 459 459 for Australia, 09363 for New Zealand, and 0561 496 498 for the United Arab Emirates.